3: Joining us on the Join News Channel. This is our continuous coverage of uh, the media budget review by Finance Minister Ken Ofereta just uh, hours ago. The minority reacting to uh, what they believe is a missed opportunity for the finance minister to turn around the economy. Uh, There are also indications that we're getting from this media budget review the fact that we've not grown. Uh, at this rate in the last seven years. What's accounting for this? My colleague is joining me in studio now with our research desk, uh, Isaac Kofiyaji, helping us to break down the issues that we've been watching here on the Join News uh, channel. Yes, this is the man, yeah. Ken making that presentation earlier today. Uh, but let's get to some of the topical issues that, that came up um, when the finance minister appeared before the House today. Let's start off from the key issue. Um, that you would uh, talk to us about shortly in terms of the figures. Uh, But Ken uh, was on the floor of the House earlier today. Here are excerpts for you.
4: Mr. Speaker, the macroeconomic environment has changed significantly since the 2023 budget was presented to this House in November 2022. Mr. Speaker, although pressure still exists and there are formidable risks in the horizon, our economy is in a better position than it was seven months ago as the macroeconomic environment has seen relative stability since the beginning of the year. This is largely explained by factors including the positive sentiments following the staff level agreement reached in December 2022 and the subsequent approval of the three year, three billion IMF ECF program, the eventual passage of all fiscal measures in the 2023 budget by the House, and the completion of the DDEP program, and China's agreement to co-chair the OCC with France. Mr. Speaker, I have also discussed the significant improvements in the key macroeconomic indicators, including inflation, exchange rate, interest rates, reserve position, growth rate, and the performance of the banks since 2022. Mr. Speaker, All these developments, together with the need to align with the targets of the IMS-supported PEC program, warrant a division to the macroeconomic framework. This was necessary because the framework was guided by the September 2022 data that underpinned the 2023 budget in November 2022. The revisions to the macro-fiscal framework general seek to align the 2023 media fiscal review of the IMF-ECF-supported PCPEC program. Mr. Speaker, key revisions to the macro fiscal target for 2023 year include 1. Overall real GDP growth rate of 1.5% down from 2.8%. Non-oil revenue GDP growth rate of 1.5% down from 3%. End-period headline inflation of 31.3% from 18.9%. Primary balance on commitment basis of a deficit of 0.5% of GDP, of GDP aligning with IMF supported primary balances. Gross international reserves sufficient to cover at least 0.8 months of imports of goods and services by 2023. Mr. Speaker, mm-hmm. revisions to GDP of projections. The overall rail GDP growth for twenty twenty three has been revised to one point five percent from two point eight percent, and non oil rail GDP growth has also been revised to one point five percent from three percent. The downward revision in projected growth for twenty twenty three is an indication of a broad slowdown in the three sectors of the economy as a result of factors such as the fiscal consolidation plan and difficult global conditions. Mr. Speaker, overall GDP growth is, however, projected to rebound to 2.8%, 4.7%, and 4.9% in 2024, 25, and 26, respectively. This is a result of implementation of growth-oriented and structural transformation strategies in the PCPEC. We have, however, been charged in the PCPEG to develop an enhanced growth strategy supported by crowding in of private, domestic, and foreign investment to further boost growth. We are confident of a private sector outlook to boost growth and jobs.
3: Uh, we'll be getting the reaction of some Ghanaians shortly on all the finance minister has said today, uh, but let's put some figures to it. Isaac, we're just about going into it. Let's start off uh, with the indicators. How is it
5: looking like? Well, so basically the media budget is an opportunity for the finance minister to give a comprehensive account of what happened um, the following year. So we are looking at twenty twenty, the previous year, 2022. So this was an an opportunity for the finance minister to do that. And in every year, governments set out a certain macroeconomic target to achieve. So whether you reduce expenditure, whether you introduce something new, we are doing this to achieve a certain macroeconomic target. So let's look at 2022 and see if government was able to achieve this target that is set for them. So, so blessed, in 2022 uh, fiscal year, government wanted to achieve an overall real GDP growth rate of uh, 3.7 percent. And according to the finance minister, as at the end of 2022, which is December, uh, government was able to achieve 3.1 instead of. At 3.7. So it means that was you know there was a shortfall in there in terms of real GDP. Now let's go to inflation. Government wanted to achieve inflation rates a rate of about 28.5%. At the end of December 2022, it was around 54.1%. Fast difference. Another you know you, you take that as as not, we were not able to you know accomplish or achieve that target. Now ex revenue revenue for 2022. Our target, in fact, this is the revised target, was actually around uh, 96.84 billion Ghana cities. Uh, We did well. We were able to achieve it. Now it was 96.7 billion, so some small uh, thousands of cities difference. But when you look at expenditure, government's revised expenditure was uh, 133.8 billion Ghana cities they ended up spending 165.1 billion CDs. So just look at income. They got exactly the same amount they said they wanted to get, but when, you come, when it comes to expenditure, they overspent, or there was uh, more than uh, 30 billion Ghana CDs addition, even when this was not the original amount government wanted okay, so, to Okay, so what's
3: the promise, really? The, the promise that we'll cut down... On expenditure.
5: Exactly. This was actually 2022. So we're hoping that, you know, in 2022, when the economy was not really doing well and the finance minister came in to profess some uh, measures, you know, the homegrown solutions, before we even went to the IMF, we're expecting that some of these revenue um, cuts, sorry, expenditure cuts, will will, will, will result in our expenditure uh, reducing. But this is not what we see yet. Even the revised expenditure of 133 billion Ghana cities, we were not able to achieve it. We ended up spending more than 30 billion, in excess of more than 30 billion you know, Ghana cities. The budget deficits, if you compare to GDP, we we're hoping to get somewhere 6.3. We ended up getting 11.8, vast difference. Gross international reserves wanted to end 2022 with 2.7. And we all know how our gross international reserve, even the net, if you look at the net, yeah. that is where the problem is. We're hovering around yeah. 1.5, okay. 1.6, you know, months of imports uh, So that's the marking to, scheme yeah, for 2022. Precisely. Here's mm-hmm.
3: what I want us to do. I, I yeah. want us to listen to some Ghanaians uh, expressing their thoughts on the budget that was presented today by the, by the finance minister. We'll be getting that from my colleague, Carlos Kaloni, who's uh, been interacting with, with some of the people out there for us today. Uh, but the finance minister has indeed presented that media budget. Mm. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, but let's talk about why he's still confident that looking at the figures and, and looking at his interpretation of mm. what's happening to the Ghanaian economy, we've not seen this kind of growth in the last seven years. Yeah, the
5: 55 5. 5. You know, percent GDP growth rate is right. You know, um, if you look at that side, it's a positive. But in terms of uh, other, you know, indicators like import cover and you know, what have you, if you look at even exchange rates, yeah. the city is still selling around 12 cities uh, in the range of 11.5 and 12 cities. It's still very high mm-hmm. because some time ago we were doing, you know, and you know, seven cities. So for us to exchange around 11 cities is so very very high. But the most important thing is that if you look at the rate of uh, depreciation, if you compare this same period to what we had in December, yes. uh, sorry, in 2022, the rate of depreciation of the city right. has
3: actually declined. Uh, I think let's let's uh, get to Carlos Kaloni, who's out there engaging Ghanaians on today's media budget review. Happens to be the secretary uh, of the
6: um, Abu Sokai. Uh, Spare less Association. So the Minister has been saying that within the last six months, there's been some sort of improvement regarding the, uh, uh, what's the name, the um, taxes, the stability of the dollar, CD. Have you been uh, feeling that?
7: (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) It's really not impressive. impressive. If you look at the dollar, it's, uh, it's a little stabilized, just some few months ago, but it's still not enough, it's still not having impact on the system. The, the system is so choked that that small fraction of uh, reduction or, what, what should I say, improvement it's not helping, it's not helping. So we, we, we need them to do more, especially taxes at the harbour. And recently the Gapoa charges that they increase. Uh, we are looking at um, COVID-19 levy. It's still there, and there's no COVID-19, and they are still charging us COVID-19. Uh, the affront charges that they have, the, they brought is really costing us. People are ready to register for VAT. so the affront charge must be repealed from there, because it's it's really making people. Because if you make mistake, the money you pay there, it will have effect on the goose, and so we are not happy about the whole thing because we know we thought they are going to do something that because people are crying people are shouting people are i mean so we thought that something is going to come that at least we'll have a sigh of relief but still i, I really can't see it i really can't see
6: would you say you you were left disappointed after listening to the minister
7: yeah i, I was disappointed i was expecting especially the um, COVID-19 levy i thought it would be repealed from there and it's still there just recently gapo has increased their charges it's all affecting traders when you come you don't know what to do you will sell and if you don't get money to add it you can't go again if let's say you take you go and bring two containers you bring one because the money it doesn't go and do anything for us
0: so so so,
6: so these levies what impact are they having on the prices of goods that you sell here, and are your customers able to afford these these uh, products?
7: Yes, you see, the more levies you pay, the more you add it to your goods. So if those levies are not there, things will be a bit better. You see, because the much, much money you pay at the harbor, you come and calculate it and add it to the goods, so always the goods are going up. But if they are able to, because it's almost 21 or 23 ch- uh, charges that they charge there. If they remove some of them, things will be a bit better for us. Yes.
6: All right. So hold on. Let me come to um, you. Now, uh, I believe that you are a major stakeholder when it comes to this economic issue. Have you had any discussions with the minister or those in charge of policy, uh, prior to this presentation? And what what have been the position, I mean, from you and from them?
8: Well, um, there has been a stakeholder discussion. But like they always do, they implement the policies, or they put up the policies, and then they just read it to us. So there's nothing we can do about it, right? So ideally, we are supposed to be consulted. They come to us, they take our views on some of the things that will go into their budget. But they don't get our input. So they will be called That is this is what we are going to talk about. I mean, it's not a fair situation to us. You know, businessmen all over this country are struggling with capital. Our capital is dwindling. A year ago, if you're able to import four containers and having about ten to $20,000, this time around, that amount of money cannot get the same containers at the port. So these are the economic situation we are talking about. Inflation-wise, how are we controlling inflation in this country? Is the government supposed to put policies and measures in place to reduce or to cater some of these issues. So there are a lot of issues in our business setup that the government is not sitting down with us to make sure that we put our, our concerns to them, for them to implement it in their budget. Those are some of the issues we
6: are battling with currently. So the next six months, based on this presentation made by the finance minister, what do you foresee the next six months? Well... I mean, in terms of the work you do, the import and all that.
8: It's going to be the same because nothing has changed. There hasn't been any improvement. Who is giving us capital to you know, turn around the business that we are doing? Which bank is willing to give us capital at a very low rate so that we'll be able to increase our capital? If you are importing four containers, you can increase it to maybe eight. If you are having $10,000, you can increase it to $20,000. We are not having all these uh, uh, facilities available to us. So it's making business here
6: very difficult, and I have to say that. What would you want to say to the managers of the economy at this point in time?
8: In terms of capital, can the, um, the managers of the economy look at the banks to extend a flexible loans to business people? In terms of pricing, or in terms of the inflation, can the government put measures in place so that it will reduce the inflation that we are incurring in this country? In terms of the port, where we go to the port. The port charges keep increasing. We know the government said we've gone into um, COVID. It was, you know, a natural situation that we went into. And then are we still in COVID? No. So all those charges at the port need to come out. All those uh, charges at the port need to be scrapped for the individuals to have some confidence, for individuals to have some freedom so that our purchasing power can increase. If you're not getting all this
6: in place, it's very difficult for us. Alright, so let me pick your final word um, What is your expectation Based on what you just heard the minister said Going forward in the next six months wh- What do you foresee your sector to look like?
7: Thank you um, I was, I'm expecting that They will sit down with us And collect our views And see our real problems The problem that we are really Facing in the system So that when they are doing it They know how to go about it That It will favor all of us But right now the budget, I don't see the impact. I don't see what we can get from it. Because our views are not collected. They have to sit us down and talk to us so that we tell them our problems. With that, when they are doing it, they know how to do it so that to benefit all of us. Right now, you can't get money from, loan, from the bank. Because what they will give you, it will kill you. And even when you want it, you won't get flexible loan. It's a bit worrying. The, the, the businessmen are suffering. Our our capital is, is is going out of our hands, and so we want them to sit us down. They should come to us, listen to our problems, and see what they can do to help us. Yes. All right.
6: Thank you so much, Madam Gifty. So those were the views of some executives of the Abusokan Spare Parts Dealers Association talking to us or reacting to the Finance Minister's address earlier today in Parliament. I have with me also some dealers who are equally going to be sharing their thoughts on that particular address, uh, the media budget given by the Finance Minister. Hi, you are are live on uh, Joy TV. What's your name?
9: My name is Seth Ados Enterprise, CEO of Seth Ados Enterprise.
6: Okay, so tell us did you monitor and what, what did you take away from the minister's presentation earlier today?
9: I actually haven't got time to watch or listen to for the, his full video or the address that he did today. But the letter that I heard, they are keeping on lying, And as a country, we have to be serious because come out and listen to the people cry before you spoke something about it. We are still suffering, and you are lying that things are moving smoothly. It's sly. Like, you see, for now, we cannot clear even Toyota VIT from port. Look at the taxes. And if you are saying you have reduced some of the taxes, we are still paying even mobile money, levy, uh, whatever they added to the mobile. You should have even waived that thing and based on it and say that you have waived some of the taxes. This money we have been still paying and we will still keeping on that. Things have been going or going up. I don't know why they have been still like we have to be serious as a country. Okay
6: and so what, what, what would you describe the last month uh, business-wise? How has it been like for you?
9: Business are collapsing. Business in, in especially Abu Sua Khan business are collapsing because a lot of our goods we import it and the import duties are going up there and there every day the import duties, a lot of taxes have been adding to the tax which we cannot pay. So if the, for last six months, as you're asking me to this six months, I can say things are rather going down than even before.
6: So what is your expectation for the next six months, the next half of the year? For seven years. No, I mean from, from now to December, based on what the finance minister just given what are you looking forward to?
9: I don't trust this government and I'm not expecting any better much from them because they will keep on lying. If it is true, they should do it in reality. Then we can see that this thing has been waived from the taxes. If it's still in addition to it, that means it's still how it's going to be.
3: And that's the general feeling on the streets of Accra, uh, especially when it comes to the business community. And Dr. will being the president of the Ghana Union, of. Traders Association. Uh, Doc, just last night you were telling me about this key concern you have in the private sector, the fact that taxes are killing businesses. We just heard that on the streets today.
10: So if you go even further to the markets, a doom, a man can and all that the same uh waiting on a
1: tax return. Hopefully it ends up in your hands.
10: talking about is what you hear because there is the uh, actual sentiment that is going on around businesses cost of doing business being extremely high and so um, the finance minister talk about the little gains that they are getting on the stability but whatever gain that um, we are experiencing is being overtaken by the uh, numerous taxes that we are uh, made to pay the cost of doing business that we have to contend with when we are clearing our goods and all that. So, um it, it does not make any uh, meaning to us unless we tie all of them together, bringing inflation down. Right. Like he said, um, he's doing everything to bring inflation down using the physical policies and all that. Though he was not specific on the things that you do to bring inflation down. But it's very important that Inflation comes down to the barest minimum because we started um, the last um, uh, 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 first quarter of 2022 with um, 135 and now we are somewhere around um, 42 or 41%. Uh, percent. It's not acceptable even though it has reduced from okay. 53%. L- uh,
3: last week, uh, the indication we're getting from you is that there was an engagement between your community and the finance minister. At least looking at some of the few demands that you placed on the table, would, would you say that they are being dealt with or there's still room for improvement?
10: No, no, no. We, we had the hint because we've talked with the finance minister and he has told us that this is just a supplementary budget. And it is not is um, going to engage with this so that our inputs will be factored in the main budget to be read um, 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 uh, to be done on um, November, and so we had a hint, and then we also had a hint that there was no going to be any new uh, taxes also. Okay. So all that we are expecting is to have um, a, 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 a stakeholder engagement with the ministry so that uh, they can factor our numerous inputs into the coming budget in we November. We
3: have we have many of your members listening or watching right now. What What's the general message to the business community?
10: Yeah, uh, what I can tell them is that from now to November is not far, and that uh, we will still engage with um, Gav, uh, the finance ministry, as they have promised, because like we are saying we want the covid levy to be out completely out of the table we want um, the special import levy also out and that we will pursue all that and then we will also um, talk about the vat you see the minister himself talk about vat yeah. not being able to bring in the necessary resources uh, is, uh, wh- wh- what is it uh, that is happening that we because and compliance is virtually nil especially when it comes it come to the informal sector, because of the structure of the tax system itself. So um, it, it's very important that uh, going forward uh, for the November budget, we make sure that we restructure the VAT system oh. to be able to ensure compliance so that government can have its bit, and then traders can also conveniently um, um, charge the
3: VAT. Yeah. Dr. Joseph Obin, thank you. Thank you. Um, Isaac, let's wrap up, uh, Mm -hmm. because there's a second leg to this uh, conversation, and let's do that briefly as we, um, of course, wrap up the conversation. The the point about the debt restructuring program, because it's coming in the wake of the uh, program that we have with the International Monetary Fund, Mm -hmm. are we out of the woods yet? Because that's been the key concern of investors. Well, I I don't think we are, because if you look at um, a certain special
5: way that the finance minister chose to use, in terms of describing the DDP, says the Initial Debt Domestic Programme. That's the name now. Initial. 80%. So the name is Exactly. So if, if you're telling me initial, it means there's a probability. And he stated it uh, categorically in there that do, there were other groups yeah. that were excluded.
3: Do, do we have at, a sense of persons that I mean, or groups that are likely to be affected if indeed the finance minister says... I'm doing a second round. Yeah, exactly. Both debt restructuring. So
5: we know, uh, of course, we know IPPs, number one. They have to come to the negotiation table. There's also cocoa bills. There's local um, you know, US dollar denominated bonds and also Bank of Ghana non tradable debt. But one most important thing that we have to note is that you know the external debt restructuring. That is the most important thing because if you're not able to do that, it means you're going to put a lot of pressure on your you know, gross income and even your exchange rate, for instance, because you end up using most of your dollars to now settle interest on loans. It looks as if we are hitting a roadblock. And where's that likely be, coming from? Be, because I feel the finance minister for, the, for five months mm-hmm. is still talking about assurance. And not the relief. And, and, and not the real relief or the amount or the magnitude of haircuts that investors are willing to take. If you keep telling me that we've sent this to this, we've done this. Is we are China in touch back with it. in the conversation? China is still there. I, I don't know the, the progress. The finance minister actually failed to give us actual restructuring. He's still talking about assurance. Yeah. We should, by this time, five months, we should move away from assurance. We should be talking about China has agreed this, this has agreed that because that is very important with other or you know a disbursement that will come out of the three billion. If you are still talking about assurances. And I'm afraid that the external debt restructuring is not moving as quickly as that we, we may want. And you know, the, the DDP is actually affecting banks. And the finance minister made it clear over there because if you look at um, you know, um, banks will have up until September to register for the you know stabilization fund. They should submit something to the Bank of Ghana. So they have like but the IPPs are, uh, of,
3: are such a drain on the national
5: yeah, budget. Yeah. Because this is, they belong to a certain sector of the economy that generates about $1 billion in terms of debt every, every year. year. And just by way of excess capacity, we end up generating close to $500 million as debt every year. So if you are doing a restructuring or finding ways and I means to cut down on costs, and you do all other places and you don't touch the energy sector or you don't negotiate with IPPs,
3: then it, it doesn't become political. Yes. Interesting times is ahead. Uh, Isaac Kofieje, data analyst here at uh, Joy News. But next we are asking why are there so many uh, military takeovers happening within the West Africa sub-region. Our next conversation, here are the polls you want to stay. When we get back, we'll tell you what the defence minister has to say about that and the possibility that Ghana may be deploying its troops into, uh, into Niger. We'll, we'll, tell, we'll tell you more about that,
11: See, with the
7: Ecobank Salary account, you will enjoy free life insurance. Oh, free debit card save what you
8: spend and an amazing chance to double Shh. your salary. A hundred and seven and even more consolation rewards in the Ecobank double salary promo. Reloaded. Guy, of you, this
5: Ecobank Salary account sounds interesting uh, What do you think? Eh, uh, uh, But maybe next time. Charlie, you know what? I would go shine my shoe.
7: Hey. Yo. myself
9: I to go check my BB.
7: Like
1: open an <laughs> ecobank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits you also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the eco bank double salary promo reloaded from now till july 31st terms and oh conditions apply boy,
12: enjoy and
9: enjoy, and it's all life
1: regardless. Oh. This this is no under the supervision money. of the National Lottery Authority under the Greatest Lottery Platform, The Pan African Bank.
7: Daddy, Daddy, oh, this tank is big!
13: Yes, that's true.
7: It can store a lot of water.
13: That's so true.
7: Wow! It has a working tortoise on it!
13: Mm-hmm. That's so true.
7: I can see S I mm-hmm. N T E X syntax.
13: That is so true, my daughter.
7: But its father is too slow. That's
13: not true.
7: But why?
13: Whoa! Hey. <laughs> <laughs> syntax was the first to introduce double-layer tanks in Ghana. Syntax again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years no matter your water needs syntax is the answer syntax tank are you strong are you tough smile hmm? look lively
0: okay smile smile
8: too
13: small a bad stomach ruins your day don't let it take Gastron your most effective antacid for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer heartburn gas pain flatulence
5: and indigestion
14: hey guys what are you waiting for let's go let's go
5: Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastro, effective relief from stomach discomfort, manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has vetted a approved
13: by... The second clinic of the 2023 edition of the Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair promises to excite patrons in many ways. The West Hills Mall will host all relevant players in the housing and construction industry in Ghana from Friday 4th to Sunday 6th August 2023 from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. This year's exhibition is under the theme, Home Ownership, Affordability, Comfort or Luxury. Visit the clinic and engage the providers in the housing value chain on all your housing needs, be it financing, land acquisition, rent to own, outright purchase, roofing, lighting, electronic appliances, home security or home furnishing. The Ecobank Join News Habitat Fair is your one-stop shop for everything housing. To register as an exhibitor, please call 0244-260-653. There will be daily giveaways by the sponsors to visitors at the fair. The Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair is in partnership with Ecobank, the Pan-African bank, and powered by the Planned City Extension Project from Cities and Habitats. Rent to own. And sponsored by Elegant Homes and General Construction Limited, where quality meets value. Syntex tanks, a strong, a tough EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair. Affordability, comfort, or luxury. The second clinic of the 2023 edition of the EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair promises to excite patrons in many ways. The West Hills Mall will host all relevant players in the housing and construction industry in Ghana from Friday 4th to Sunday 6th August 2023 from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. This year's exhibition is under the theme Home Ownership, Affordability, Comfort or Luxury. Visit the clinic and engage the providers in the housing value chain on all your housing needs, be it financing, land acquisition, rent to own, outright purchase, roofing, lighting, electronic appliances, home security, or home furnishing. The Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair is your one-stop shop for everything housing. To register as an exhibitor, please call 0244-260-653. There will be daily giveaways by the sponsors to visitors at the fair. The EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair is in partnership with EcoBank, the Pan African Bank, and powered by the planned city extension project from Cities and Habitats. Rent to own and sponsored by Elegant Homes and General Construction Limited, where quality meets value. Syntex Tanks, a strong, a tough EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair. Affordability, comfort, or luxury.
14: For crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows, download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon Services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Atom Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated.
3: Welcome back. Defence Minister Dominic Netiwu has ruled out the possibility of a military coup in Ghana. His comments follow the growing trend of violent extremism and unconstitutional takeover of democratically elected governments in West Africa. In the latest uh, incident, uh, we know that Garth, uh, the presidential policy in Niger, uh, toppled President Mohamed Basum's administration, making the country the fifth to witness similar instability within the West Africa sub-region. But, with growing fears that relatively stable democracies such as Ghana may experience some sort of uh, a turmoil, Mr. Nitu has been addressing the concerns, uh, and of course he has indicated uh, at a counter-terrorism exercise held in honor of the UK's uh, foreign minister, James Cleverley, who is visiting Ghana today, that the military is prepared to foil any attempt. Well, James cleverly, the UK's uh, Secretary of State for Foreign Affairs, Commonwealth and Development Affairs, is beginning his tour of some West African countries starting off here in Accra. Earlier today, uh, the Foreign Minister of the United Kingdom paid a visit to Burma camp where he witnessed a joint military exercise uh, targeted at showing him firsthand some of the measures being uh, undertaken by the Ghana military in conjunction with its international allies and partners such as the United Kingdom, targeted at checking the growth of violent extremism which has taken centre stage in West Africa. We know that just last week the Republic of Niger one of the West African countries witnessed an unconstitutional change of government. Uh, We caught up with the Defence Minister Dominic Nitu after today's engagements and bilaterals with uh, the UK's Foreign Secretary James Cleverly. Dominic Nitu tells us a number of measures being taken uh, by the Ghanaian government together with ECOWAS at checking the growing rate of violent extremism in the West Africa sub region. In
12: um, training exercises with the, with the UK, um, a lot of training exercises with them, they give us a lot of support in training our, our troops in combating terrorist activities. It's not just the UK, the United Kingdom, France, all of them, they do give us China. They do give us a lot of training, so this is the foreign minister for the UK... Is on a visit, and we decided to give him a demonstration about if there is a uh, terrorist attack in a location like this, which is which is a room. What what our troops can do, and I believe that he himself saw it. The sort of professionalism that uh, and the coordination and the sort of discipline, because for you you need to have a lot of discipline to be able to achieve that. That's the essence of it. Just to show that look. Our troops are as good as we get all the training and with our, our various partners across the it, it, it's, it's I'm impressed with what, what I saw, and I believe that we'll have to continue to train, train day and night to to ensure.
3: Well, the minister is also ruling out the possibility of a military coup d'etat in Ghana. He explains why. there is Zogan reporting for join News, Burma Camp, Accra.
12: One week ultimatum to hand over or face severe consequences, including the use of force. After the one week, we will seek the direction of the presidents exactly what they will do. But I can say that the member states are ready. Uh, if it means using force, the member states will be ready but to do that. I, I, armed forces. I can, I can assure you that the professionalism of the Ghana Armed Forces is, is, par excellence, and I'm not worried at all. Not, not at all. I, I, I don't, I don't worry about any member of the armed forces taking up arms to say I'm going to remove a government. No, not at all. They would rather protect the will of the people. They would rather not allow anybody to cheat in an election. They will rather not allow anybody to manipulate in an election. But to take up arms to remove a government, the armed forces are... They are they, no, it's be, it's beyond that. Armed forces of Ghana is far beyond that.
11: But One major worry is um, terrorism,
5: which keeps getting closer and closer to our country. That's our, our, our worry. Threat? That's our worry.
12: It's real. That's our threat. That's our worry, and that's why we are we are doing a lot of activities up north. Uh, we first started by deploying troops in what we call Conquer Fist, which is a, um, a medium. Term is solution. It cannot be a permanent one. But the more permanent one is the deployment of what we call soldiers along the forward operating basis that we are establishing.
3: Dominic, me too, then. Uh, let's uh, bring in Mukta Momoni Mukta. is with the West Africa Center for Counter Extremism. And for those of you who are wondering how bad the situation is, here's a, a picture. And painting, you know, that uh, graphic situation to you, 84 attempts since 1990, 50% success rate, 43 in terms of successful attempts since 1990. But as we speak now, six countries are currently under um, military rule, five of them in West Africa alone. And that's raising a number of questions. And let's get to the figures and the assurances we're getting from the uh, Minister of Defence now, starting off from the possibility of an influx in Ghana
1: our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues, and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, so we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The minister says it's not happening because the military are professional. Yes, of course, uh, no
11: doubts that our military are very professional, they do. Uh, historically known for the professional engagement and peacekeeping missions and in many other regional local situations of, you know, military exercises. So no doubt, yes, our military, uh, it's known for this. But, you know, context matters. So it depends on the context that we're looking at. You know, what is happening in the now? Of course, it's a worry to everyone. But how we deal with it, you know, it's a big, big question uh, at the moment. I don't think that not everybody... I mean, I don't think that everybody is uh, would echo us in terms of the approach that they have outlined, in terms of the use of military or you know combat measures to deal with the situation in Niger. Uh, I think that there are several ways we could have done it. Of course, we missed several opportunities to address some of these challenges that have become very very complicated for us. But we could also have you know looked at it in a different way. We need to move away from. You know a combat approach to dealing with this problem. We need to be able to work with you know the leadership that is in place to quickly return the country into uh, onto a democratic path rather than going this way uh, that they have outlined.
3: Uh, now, the decision to send some Ghanaian forces, they may be joining the, their West Africa counterparts um, for that exercise if the military junta in um, Niger that's not. Handover by next week. audible idea, what do you think?
11: First of all, I do not believe in that approach. I do not subscribe to that approach. And secondly, I doubt that uh, the military, that threat would, you know, compel the military to succumb to ECOWAS. And so I think that we would end up being ridiculous in terms of, you know, the issue with this threat. And so I think that there's a need for us to step back and look at it differently. How do we work with the current establishment you know to walk I mean towards the path of democracy? I, I do not think that it is right for us to do that. In fact, if we have to commit our troops on the ground, there are several things to, to be done. I don't know uh, whether the, you know, we need Parliament's approval to be able to do that. We need a lot more before we can commit our troops to a kind of situation like what I don't know what form that exercise will take. but in terms of combat measures, I do not subscribe to that, and, and and the big the big the big you know issue is that yes. it has a tendency of worsening the security situation in Niger. First of all, if you remember, several hours before the you know presidential guards you know succeeded in this coup, there was a big stalemate between these presidential guards and the main official armed forces of Niger. The chief of army staff engage with them, and several other stakeholders were engaged in terms of how to get them to stand down. These presidential guards, knowing so well the huge implications of engaging in in a failed coup, they refused to step down and actually pushed and ensured that they prevailed. Because in a coup situation, either you perish or you prevail. And so that's what they did. In the same way, this threat coming from ECOWAS, they would use the same analogy, the same you know, analogy in terms of responding to it, and they will not. I, my suspicion is that they would not back down. They would not succumb to the and if they do not, they would engage any kind of military effort in Niger, and there will be more consequences not just for the presidential guards, not just for the military, but for the entire citizenry. And that can actually throw you know, Niger into a situation of anarchy, and that would have huge implications for all of us within the sub-region. And I see your earlier question about, you know, the influx or what it means for us. What are the possible implications? We are already seeing a huge influx of uh, people from Burkina Faso who are fleeing the violence in Burkina Faso. Some of this, you know, is a result of the huge happenings within the Sahel region. Niger would be a big addition. Already, we have we've been engaged in the last week doing an analysis of the impact of the removal or the departure of you know Operation Barkhani as well as you know what Mali is today. Minisma has left Mali. Mali is left on its own in terms of security and in terms of military presence. What does it mean for us? We're going to have a huge influx of you know people who are looking for safety, who are seeking for you know seeking the better options in terms of prospects, economic opportunities and livelihoods. so what we are looking at it's a possible big situation for all of us within the sub-region.
3: And this is becoming almost like a never-ending question. The reason for which we're having such a fertile ground for the spread of unconstitutional changes of government.
11: Well, if you want to look at, I mean, uh, to answer that question, you, look, you have to look at the fundamentals. Uh, this is purely, I mean, I don't know how many times we'll have to say this again. Uh, it's a product of dysfunctional leadership, leadership that has been unresponsive to the needs and aspirations of the people. We're looking at big situations of economic challenges, economic deprivation, and issues of inequality within the, the sub-region. All these four countries that are currently grappling with you know, military-style cool situations, they all run very low in the UN Human Development Index. It means that they have very limited access to essential services like healthcare, education, roads and situation of huge you know poverty and inequality these things are big when you marry that with issues of corruption chronic corruption that we're looking at it tells you that these nations do not have you know chance in terms of survival. the sustainability of these nations of course is questionable and that's why we're seeing that happen and i can tell you there are quite more of those kinds of situations still in this region and we have to be more you know, uh, very careful in terms of how we respond to the needs of the people.
3: But going forward, what, what's your expectation from ECOWAS? Because that one-week ultimatum is still in effect. Um, we do not know what may happen next. At, at least we're also waiting for the appointment of the uh, envoy that will negotiate this. Do we know what will happen?
11: ECOWAS needs to take a step back. ECOWAS needs to move away from the old traditional approach to punitive measures in dealing with situations like that. ECOWAS needs to be very innovative. ECOWAS needs to be proactive. ECOWAS needs to be more interested in the factors that lead to coups than about you know, the you know the incidence of coups. At the moment, it appears that they are very much interested and they are very, very much angered and sensitive to the issues of coups than they are about the factors that lead these situations to happen. And so we need to address this challenges, these factors, the drivers of pools, the drivers of instability to ensure that we do not get or arrive at this point ever. Uh,
3: Are you hopeful that this will be the very last?
11: Not at all. Not at
3: all. There are several situations. You have predictions to say say, well, it may be this country or the next.
11: I wouldn't be able to say that. In fact, I would not be allowed to say that. But for sure, this is not what I think would be the last, year in 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 the media to medium term.
3: Wow, that, that, that's striking.
11: Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I think that I think that we've been very pretentious in the way we look at these issues uh, within the sub-region. You know, we've had several several opportunities in the past to design proactive measures to deal with instability in the region. Unfortunately. We do not, you know, take advantage of those uh, opportunities. And today, here we are, in the last three years, we've having, we are having coups at a very, very unprecedented rate and situations that, you know, do not show any promise of anything better. All the four countries that are dealing with coup situations, the previous three situations, at the moment, there isn't any sign of positive, you know, any prospects in terms of how they could walk out of the situations that they are in. And so we are in a very, very dire situation. Over 25% of all West African countries are dealing with situations of coups. How does that help in terms of building and sustaining democracy in the region? And these things, if they do not worry regional players and national government, then I don't know what else would would worry them in terms of building sustainable, prosperous societies.
3: Okay, uh, let's leave it here for now, but grateful that the conversation will definitely continue as we well, await um, more directives from but guess what, the conflict or if you may want to call it the coup d'etat in Niger is already beginning to bite hard, onion sellers in Ghana uh, say they are being affected because they mainly rely on Niger for their supplies and they fear the worst
14: This cool in Niger has led to the closure of the border which could have far-reaching effects on the onion trade in Ghana. Today we are at the market to ask onion sellers how this can impact the trade in Ghana. Uh,
11: Now the onion is not stopped coming because if the onion stop coming, we cannot sell it, and the onion is too expensive now. No, we are not getting supply from it, because now the onion, before they, they bring the onion from Niger to Ghana, is too expensive now. So now the onion stop coming. So we have one from uh, Nigeria, that one started coming small, small.
5: Okay, border
7: The
11: closure of the border will start affecting
7: us from next week. For now, because some onions were already on its way to Ghana from Niger, it be fine for now, but the closure will affect us. Nigeria
5: for any is it? Uh,
7: currently, a bag of onions costs thousand three hundred Ghana cities.
14: The uh, Onion cease to stop coming from Nigeria. You resort to the Ghanaian onion.
7: onion. Yeah, your yeah, local ones, you no know, Ghana one. If the border is closed. We have to resort to local sources like those from Aflao and others from Morocco and Egypt. The onion season in those countries is near, so we will use their produce.
5: Ebesta atiba, but maybe <inaudible> by any of them, month, no. from here, uh, from
6: one week or two weeks going.
14: How far onions every in Nigeria? In Nigeria, we do. How the brand you want? I don't would you get any other place to get your onion from apart from Niger? Because they say also we now onion free Niger. Yes, and because onions. If I cannot get onion from Niger, now that the border is closed, I'll be out of option. It's out of the onion business that I get my proceeds. So they say it's not true. Hassan, do you import onion from Niger?
15: Yeah, yeah.
14: Now, since the border is closed, how is it affecting the supply of onion?
15: Oh, well, it's affecting us very well because the Niger one is far better than Nigeria and all those places. So, uh, but at least, Nigeria are giving, uh, they are importing some, so we used to manage that one so much more before the Niger one comes. But the Niger one, yeah, that one is affecting us very well.
14: Now, talking about prices, too. How is the price now? Has it increased?
15: Now, they've not even import some. For us to know whether we are going to increase or reduce the prices, you understand? So we are still working on it. We see our elders if they will try their best and get some for us. But since the border is closed now, we've not any. we we have no idea about it right now. So maybe they will find a way for us. Understand understand. We have the, uh, the elders who import it from there to here. So we find out. But as for now, no one will talk about it.
14: So now I want to find out that if the onion ceases to come from Niger, do you have any other alternative? No, no, no. The onion trade is an important part of Ghana's economy and just as you've heard from the sellers in the markets, the closure of the border in Niger could have a big impact on the onion selling in Ghana. For Joy News, Jacqueline Ansumar Eboa.
3: And members of the Pensioner Bondholders Forum have lauded government for promptly paying uh, newly matured coupons after a long season of uh, picketing and failed uh, government promises. The pensioners... Uh, In pickups in the finance ministry from February this year over unpaid coupons and principals in the last engagement, deputy finance minister Benazir Asrar promised the pensioners of government's commitment to stay current with payments uh, as she maintained a new deal on subsequent maturing coupons and principals. Speaking to Joint News convener of the pensioners bondholders forum, Dr. Eduanani, entry indicated that payments are now being received as expected.
16: We we appreciate what government is doing, even though that is uh, government's obligation to do that. But we appreciate and uh, we say government has done well doing that. We we know government is going through some problem, but life. I heard uh, somebody saying there was a saying that one of these uh, uh, American people said, "If you lose wealth, you haven't lost anything. One of your People were saying We have a, a, a meeting in Abuja and some of the same. If you, you lose wealth, you haven't lost anything. But if you lose health, you have lost something. So even if we, the Ghana, the country become broke, we haven't lost anything. But if our health of the individuals, we will result in death, that you have lost something. So we encourage government that in spite of the problems we are having, government should try and make provisions for the elderly, which in most jurisdictions, government itself is taking care of them. But we here, we don't have that. So if we have saved and we are having difficulties with the monies that we will use by our medication to take care of ourselves, then that is bad. So government has done something great. It is government responsibility, but at least we know that even if you, uh, you you must buy your child a dress or food, but when you buy your child a dress or food, your child can say, thank you, Dad, or thank you, Mom. So we thank government for doing what it is supposed to do. We are encouraging government to continue to do that so that there will be no need for these elderly people to go and pick it there. Some of us, at least we have some strength, but there are people who are so weak that if you see them there... It doesn't look good, and the image of the country it get battered. So, we are happy. Government is doing that, and we encourage government to continue to do yes. that.
3: Well, uh, let's bring in Doctor Duananiyetri. Uh, doc, uh, you're indicating that uh, you're now receiving your payments on time. And um, what else are you expecting from government?
16: Well, uh, as you said, uh, for three weeks now. The payment has been done on time. What I uh, want to uh, uh, express uh, the happiness and uh, acknowledge that government has tried to do that. What we are expecting is for that to continue. Uh, today, two bills, uh, two coupons uh, have become due, and one uh, bond is maturing today. So two coupons and one principal. We are hoping government will do the payment this week and continue to do that as and when payments are due mm-hmm. so that we can all uh, rest assured that uh, we have returned to normal. All
3: right. How confident are you that we'll not be back to this uh, old conversation around your picketing and demonstrations at the finance ministry?
16: Well, we always have to express hope and, and, uh, and, and hope. That things uh, will not get bad again. Uh, now that government government promised us at the meeting, uh, June twelfth, that it had instructed the controller and accountant general to prioritise the payment of these uh, coupons, even though uh, it didn't happen the last time and it got uh, uh, some got uh, you know overdue. But we are, we are believing that now that government has started, then we believe that the promise that it has given instruction for the controller to prioritize this payment has begun to uh, materialize. And so we are hoping that it will continue.
3: And finally, there was a proposal uh, from the ministry uh, about the possibility of buying off from the, the bond markets. Is, is that happening anytime soon? Hello, Doc.
16: Yes. The, the, by of the ministry hasn't brought any proposal yet. Uh, it was a, a statement they made. And we wrote to them that if they intend doing that, they should submit a proposal for us to look at. But we haven't received any proposal yet.
3: All right. Grateful for your time. Uh, Dr. Edwana Nienchi, thank you for spending some thank time you. with us here on the And that's all we have for you in this package. I am blessed to so go log on to myjoyonline.com. Lots of stories for you there to catch up.